Welcome to another episode of Down in the Valley, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. My name is Setsun Ochoa, and I am the co-host of this beautiful pro this beautiful program that talks about none other than your RGV FC Toros. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm so glad after a week hiatus. I know the season is over, and I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff that. People are asking, you know, the evaluation of the uh, 2020 season. So that's what we're here. That's what we're here today. You know, uh, thank you. I just want to, before we start, I do want to thank our, our sponsors, Natural Beauty Spa, uh, Roughneck Scarves, um, Icarus FC, and of course, the Beautiful Yemi Network for allowing us uh, to be, be a part of one of the fastest growing soccer podcast networks throughout the, the, the United States. And uh, in order to have this discussion, I've actually invited RGVFC co coach Jerson Echeverry. Jerson, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Edson. How are you? Thank you for having me. Nah, a ple pleasure is always mine. Like I said, welcome back uh, to to the show. And it's going to be a really, really interesting um, discussion. We realize that this uh, this past year has been very unorthodox. With the pandemic, with the consequences of the of that pandemic, and I just I just felt I just wanted to get you know your um your thoughts on this complete season, you know, without having the crunch of you know the limited time that a post game uh, conference uh, limits us in order to talk about this. Yeah, no, for sure. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start uh, at this moment. Uh, you know, with uh, with with this interview. Big shout out to everybody that's watching uh, on either uh, YouTube, Periscope, and of course on my uh, personal Facebook uh, page. Um, so before we start, I actually want to get you know some thoughts from you in general of this past season. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I just, I just thought it was, uh, it was difficult, difficult season uh, with everything that's been going on around us. Um, first and foremost, the pandemic, of course, which uh, has affected um, our everyday lives. Um, so uh, just how, um, how we go about our normal life, you know, that at this time last year we were, you know, we were living. And so, uh, so many things are different, um, you know, not only for me at the home front here with my family, but obviously with my players, uh, my staff, the interactions that we have, um, you know, with the staff or lack of uh, with the players, just because of so many things that we have to deal with, um, how we interact with each other. Obviously, um, these things have become the norm, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's, it's just, uh, yeah, everything. And, and more importantly, I just think that, um, how it really derailed um, the thoughts and, and how certain organizations worked. And as, as if you can follow not only ours, but even all of the MLS teams, just how, um, you know, when you look at how they all did and how they all fared, um, it was just, you know, we were all in similar situations just because of the normal movement that, uh, that we have throughout the years um, that were in place. Um, I thought that this year, you know, we had a plan. I thought it was a pretty good plan. And uh, COVID completely uh, disrupted that. So let's take let's take this back to before COVID started uh, into the uh, 2020 preseason. 
And before preseason began back in, no, in, in the end of October, in fact, I believe it's going to be this Sunday, which will be the the when Tab Ramos is going to be a year since he was actually officially hired by the Houston Dynamo. But what were the objectives set for this 2020 season for the team with Tab Ramos now being in charge of the Dynamo first team? And what were some of the differences compared to the uh, previous head coach? Um, I, I think just, you know, some stuff was, was similar um, as we had before. Uh, some of the things were different. We're probably going to be, um, you know, Tab really um, had in place a group of guys that he felt, um, you know, were maybe not uh, going to be regulars on his 18-man roster, but, you know, probably rotate within. Uh, and so I was probably going to have or, or knew unless there were injuries or whatever might happen. Uh, I knew that, you know, there was going to be three to four players that would come down. Uh, and then the only difference is that instead of them coming in on Friday night or just the night before, that they were probably going to be here on Thursday morning or so. So we would have at least two training sessions to uh, to be able to prepare. Yeah, that's one of I think that's one of the differences, you know, that we've met, we've talked about in previous uh, episodes of the show throughout the, these years where it just didn't seem feasible. It just didn't seem adequate for not only you as as the coach, you know, trying to implement your starting 11, your tactics into the match, neither for the for the players to get accustomed to the to the Rio Grande Valley, kind of shake off that uh, that numbness of being having a five six hour drive down to the to the Rio Grande Valley, and I'm glad I'm glad to hear that at least the intention was to change that. Um, well, they, they fly. They season. fly. They they normally fly. They normally mm -hmm. fly. So uh, it's not you know unless they were staying here for a length amount of time, whether it was a couple of weeks, they would normally. Uh, the, the dynamo players will fly, you know, whether it was, you know, the night before or that afternoon before, um, before the game. Um, so mm -hmm. that's, that's what normally it was, unless, you know, there were a couple of occasions when uh, it was in Houston, uh, we were playing in San Antonio and we used some of those guys, then they would drive from Houston to San Antonio that there, you know what I mean? But uh, when it was home games here, they would, they would, they would normally fly. Oh, okay. All right. So now the, the, the idea was to have those players come down. But as preseason began, it was announced that players like Cello, uh, Nico Lemoyne, Andrew Samuels, Kyle Adams being signed to a Dynamo first team contract uh, during preseason. Um, what are some of the advantages or, and disadvantages of having these players that were part of your core roster back in 2019 have them train in the majority of preseason with the first team? Well, the, the, the most important thing, it was for them to showcase themselves in front of the head coach of, of the Dynamo. So Tab, obviously, just joining in, in in October, you know, he had seen some uh, some film and some games on those guys. And obviously, uh, we had talked about certain players that uh, um, that the club was interested in 
hopefully move into the first team. And so, you know, he wanted to see them firsthand. I mean, there's, there's, there's one thing to watch games or to watch them in video. There's another thing to have them there day in, day out, you know, seeing them from different angles, seeing what they say, hearing what they say, um, and just being around them to see, you know, their personality, what the, uh, what they are all about having, you know, maybe the opportunity to, to have meetings with them and, and just that daily interaction, not only with the coaching staff, but also with the other players because I think you know like anything else I um, you know uh, I, I think just building the team and uh, the camaraderie that, that, that comes within the team is important so if those guys are going to be there that was one obviously you know it's a little difficult when they're not with us uh, you know and, and having to build that with us but when we say, you know, uh, like any minor league team, which is what we are uh, for the Dynamo, you know, uh, one of the, you know, the thing is, you know, these guys are here to prepare to go to the first team. And that's not only the, the, the philosophy of the club or the wish of the club, but the players themselves. And so, I mean, if you ask any player that's in the minor league team, hey, can you spend preseason? Would you rather spend preseason with the minor league team or with the first team to showcase yourselves? They're going to want that. So uh, I, I think it's important for them. Yes, you know, it, it, it is maybe sets us back, you know, some, um, you know, before, especially when, you know, when they stay the whole preseason and then they come maybe a day or two before uh, the first game. But um, that's just, you know, that's just the way the, you know, minor leagues work with not only with soccer, but with, with baseball, with any other sport. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's, uh, it's important for those prospects to be with the first team to see what they have. You bring up a good point here. You know, you talked about, you know, the fact that the minor league team uh, has, you know, constant interaction with their major league soccer counterparts with with the first team for a bit more extended uh, period, period of time. And one of the things that was different for this preseason was that unlike previous years where the Houston Dynamo was the one that would go down to RGV, train for a few days and then play, uh, this year, the RGV team came up here to the, to Houston and trained alongside the Houston Dynamo at HSP. Considering you know you know the changes the that preseason was going to be for for the Houston Dynamo due to the um, to to the season how it was going to be uh, scheduled. So considering this, what do you personally feel is more advantageous for for your squad? Training down there at, at RGV or training in Houston, in, like like this year. Um, <clears throat> I mean, well, this year, no, this year, you know, we they came down here. Uh, our staff went up there and watched them, but um, you know, they came down here and we trained. The only guys that were stayed up there were the were the the prospects. You know, what I mean, so they came here for a week or so. Uh, I, 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 you know, either way, I think as long as both teams are together I think it's important obviously I think it's more comfortable and just because of our setup and everything uh, I think overall it's probably better here just because they only have one training field one for you know one training pitch the other ones are on the other side where the academy trains uh, and so and, and I, I think that our our facilities uh, soothe both teams better when we're down here I think uh, when we're down there the the, the room is uh, it's not as um, uh, there isn't as much room because they also, I mean, they also have the academy teams and all the other teams and, uh, you know, sometimes a dash and stuff. So it could be a bit cramped. So I, I think from a comfort set of uh, point of view, you know, it's, it's, um, 
uh, you know, I, I think it's better here, but you know, uh, obviously they might rather be home and in, 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 in their beds and, and with their families than coming down here. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm assuming pending who you ask, uh, you know, they're going to see it that way. <laughs> so take me out of the stout because I, and that's probably because 2020 just feels like forever. But I, but then was it then last year, last preseason in 2019 when yes, you uh, okay yes I, like I I was with like time, I, we were here. yeah you you're getting all your dates all messed up you're you you're you're, you're, you're forward backwards I think 2020 is doing a number on you man <clears throat> that's one of the problems of home office like just stuck in here and it's like you lose track of time oh um, absolutely just... yeah tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> all right so tell me about it. So, so every every year also, you know, not only does the team play against, you know, usually HBU or another college team, including UTRGV uh, or other USL uh, teams, but also they play against the Dynamo First team. Now, considering the talent differences between both teams, uh, because of their, they're in two different leagues, one being in first division, another being second division, what are some of the advantages of having this matches what specific points do you and tab look in these uh, in these kind of uh, matches when they when the squads face each other and what were some of the observations that you saw this year oh well, obviously um usually the first match is, a, is it's usually pretty lopsided just because of who starts preseason earlier they start preseason usually about a week and a half to almost two weeks so there's that much further ahead you know, we're normally two or three sessions in or four sessions in. And, and so, uh, and, and we usually that first game, you know, we only, we don't just play them with some of the guys that we have, but we, you know, there's also trialists and guys who are, who are trying out. So, um, but, you know, we usually use that first half for our guys who we feel are a little bit closer, you know what I mean? To, to the first team to showcase themselves. And it's like, yeah, go play with them. And it could be a bit overwhelming, but it also shows them, Okay, that's that's where you want to be. Those are the guys whose job you're trying to take. And also, what does that look like when you're being overwhelmed? Is how do you handle that? And I think it showcase some guys' personality, some of some of their drive, some of their will, and some of their you know, like it, 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 when the going gets tough, you know what I mean. And when when it's like that, it's like are they able to overcome? So it's easier for for Tab and his staff to see which guys. Okay, this guy physically can deal with it. This guy mentally can deal with it. Oh, tactically, technically, all of these other aspects. Just you know, uh, for them to see what they do. So uh, you know, I, I think that you know. So that's what the first. Now we always play them twice. You know, it's not really as promoted. Uh, and usually the second game, it's 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 usually a lot better for us. It helped, it was has been. Yeah, one of the one of the observations this year that I saw because usually you don't uh, it's not played in two forty five minute halves, but rather it's like three or four different uh, you know segments uh, of this game. But in the last two segments, when you started playing, you know, more uh, of the academy guys or the or the the guys that are trying to fight for a contract, the trialists. Um, they played against, you know, Tommy McNamara, you know, they were still decent, you know, art dynamo rosters and they limited the dynamo team really, really well. Yeah. Well, well, remember we also had some of their guys. It's funny, you know, some of their guys, we borrow them and then they needed just because some guys were going down, we had to give them some of ours. So it, it, it is. And, and, and again, it, it's a, it's a chance 
for all. I mean, I think that game, you know, sometimes it's played and we bring fans and all that stuff. That game is really to showcase and for us to really dissect some of the players and say, okay, this guy can help us. This guy can't. This guy has an opportunity to move to the first. And there, there's some times when guys that we think are close to the Dynamo guys, you know, they can somewhat write themselves off. And some other guys who are, weren't, now they make themselves, you know, be seen, oh, you know, there's a possibility with that guy. So it's just about gaining information uh, for both teams, you know, not only for Tab, you know, uh, to see what the future might hold for him and, 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 and the development of some players. And then for us to see, okay, who might help, who might not, where are we? And, but that, that game, like I said, it's it's a bit unbalanced at times because, you know, we, we don't have as much time to, to prepare for the game. We're really just getting ourselves fit. We're trying to find out, okay, what is this guy all about? We're trying to, you know, uh, form relationships with guys on the field. And remember, we have a tough time because every year, it's not like we have a base of, uh, you know, let's say out of 24 guys, then we have a base of 18 guys or 19 guys that we, we, we don't. I mean, there's usually most of the times, you know, if we have a core of 11 or 12, we're usually losing seven to eight of those guys every year. So it's not like we have a base of guys. Okay. These are eight guys. These are nine guys or 10 guys that we have for, you know, uh, two, three, four years, which most of the teams that we played against do, you know, most mm -hmm. of the other independent teams do. We don't have that luxury because, you know, just the way that, that, that we have it, that, you know, it's a two or maybe sometimes three-year cycle of some guys, uh, you know, showcasing themselves and either they move up or they move to San Antonio. That's, that's a little dig there, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, but it was, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, we, we have, um, yeah, you know, and we have some guys who are pretty good players, but because just their cycle here ends, you know, and some of them are on their way up, but they're not really, you know, they're on the way up to be very good USL players, maybe not necessarily being MLS players, but, you know, they could really do, you know, they'll really do well in MLS level. I know one of the examples um, that I can say right off the bat um, is uh, Todd Warden. You know, Todd Warden was here for about three years. I believe you, man you managed to uh, manage him in, in his in his last year. And he was one of those players, like you said. You know, he was one, he was he was a good player in in the midfield. Just wasn't good enough for MLS. And now you see you saw him with T two, and then just recently with St. Louis FC. You know, he made it to the playoffs. They bowed out, and so you know. But you yeah, know, no, and and he's a very good player, and 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 it's just it's just weird because I I think Todd brings some some value, you know, to a lot. I think he's a good player, and like I said, I mean, uh, and, and and it's hard to say, oh, he's not good enough for MLS. It, 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 that that's harsh to say because there are some guys. Maybe they're not, you know, what um, our team is looking for, and that's Houston Dynamo. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they, maybe they're not good enough to play at a I don't know at a Dallas or at a. Columbus or, you know, another, you know, mm -hmm. depending what they need, you know, and I'm not saying that they're going to go there, be starters, but be roster guys for those teams. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, not necessarily <clears throat> saying that the reason I use that term is, is I remember what time on Glenn Davis's show, Matt Jordan was in on there and he used that term regarding that two, three year cycle. You know, so it's just, it's just, it's just an observation from what I No, no, yeah, and, and it's hard for, you know, it's hard for, it was hard for Junior and it was hard for me who, who have been here because like I said, I mean, most of the teams that we play against, they are not rebuilding 80% of their team. 
They're yes. rebuilding 10 to 15% of their team and they're making huge, you know, wow, they're getting, okay, well, this guy's not, let's, let's buy someone who's going to be a starter or let's get someone who's going to be a starter. I'm not, I mean, we're getting younger, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're replacing some guys with someone who's younger. So that's the difference, but that's just the model of what, you know, uh, of what the Dynamo sees in regards to, you know, the the, the player development and how this pyramid is going to go. And yeah, honestly, this is something that I think a lot of fans of the Rio Grande Valley just don't understand or they just don't know because none of this has been mentioned out, out in the open, you know, by the people that technically cover, you know, like the media, you know, they don't talk of all about this stuff and our market reach just really isn't that great. So it's just, it's one of those things that I've kind of harped upon, you know, on social media with Dynamo fans, with RGB fans, especially on Facebook. Don't make, don't get me started on that. Um, well, no, listen, and there's, I mean, what, what, I mean, I think that you guys and some of the guys that I talk to, you know, I think you guys do a good job trying to, uh, to tell the people. What bothers me is some, some of the people who do know that I know that I've spoken with and they go on the radio, they go on Facebook or whatever, and they don't mention these things or just really make up some derogatory things when they themselves know what's going on. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's a little... That's a little disheartening, you know what I mean? Uh, especially when 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 they know what's going on and what the you know some of the the difficulties or or, or, or not difficulties, but you know some of the challenges that go along when whenever you are the, the you know the, the reserve team and when you are the the team that you know uh, you know um, that is helping the first team you know with with these players. So yeah de definitely i mean it's, it's a i mean it's a response it's a responsibility being in front of a microphone you know i've made my i've made uh my share of mistakes honestly you know and i can i'm you know i'm uh man enough to say it and admit it you know and it's just a shame that those who have the responsibility to inform the public you know with the facts I know I'm saying they have some sort of agenda, but, you know, but they're hiding very I, crucial information. Yeah, I, I do. I do think. <laughs> I, I think they just want to be sensationalism and and sometimes just be negative and, and, and whatever. I mean, the bothersome part is for me is whenever I see them, when I face them, man, they 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 are not like that. You know what I mean? And so it's like it's a little hypocritical. You know what I mean? It's like if you know what's going on. And, and so when you're behind a mic, just say <laughs> the truth. Don't just say it when. I'm around or, 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 or whenever someone from the organization is in front of you and then you go and hide behind a microphone or, or, or whatever it is, you know, at a later time or behind the, um, you know, Facebook or whatever it is, you know, I, I try not to be on social media too much and listen to that because uh, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, if I try to answer everybody, it, you know, I, I would be there for days, you know, uh, but I, I think that, you know, some people like yourself, Ray, you know what I mean? Some of you yeah. guys, you know, uh, you know, down the valley, I think you guys do a good enough job trying to inform and, and like I said, we all make mistakes, like everybody makes mistakes, but I think that at least you guys, you know, um, you know, say some of the stuff that uh, that you know, and and whenever there's been things that you're wrong, you you make corrections, and I think that's uh, that's important for journalism because as we can see, uh, a lot of journalists or a lot of people behind the mic just man, some of the stuff they say and and just flat out make up things or lie is wow, it's 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 brutal, and unfortunately, whoever's home listening or reading or whatever this, they they swallow it and 
And then, and, you get, and, then you get, and then you get toxic Facebook comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. They, 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 they do. They have no idea. But like I said, I mean, I, I, I welcome anybody that's in the media or whatever. I, I'll talk to them or, you know, I mean, obviously you can't now because of COVID. But I, I said, hey, my training sessions are open. Come and watch. Come and do this. Because, I mean, I remember comments of, well, are you not working on finishing? What do you mean we don't work on it? Come and watch our practice and you see we work on it every day. Oh, they're not working on it, you know. Okay, we'll come and watch and you see every day what we work on. And it's like, so it's it's uh, it's a little unsettling sometimes, but it, it, it's it's part of the job.